Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for your weekly update on all the royal news you need to know. There is so, so much royal news this week. So much to the point that we delayed recording. Like, our poor producers, we were like, let's just wait one more night so we can get all the events in this episode. <laughs> all of the royal events, surprise or otherwise. Um, but first of all, a couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a royal rating of five stars, pretty please. Send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. Okay, let's dive in, Bowie. You know, how are you doing? First of all, how's your week been? I've actually been going to the beach after work, Ooh, which is really that's nice. That's so nice. It's been busy though. How how have you been? I've been good. I feel like I'm just like still struggling to come up with new quarantine games for my son. But uh, but overall, it's been you know pretty good. I'm still just like watching Suits, doing work, entertaining. Yeah, him. <laughs> I'm still recovering from a surprise royal wedding. That happened I know. This weekend. I know. We got to get into it. Okay. Well, Rose, how is it possible that so much has happened since we last talked? Um, a surprise royal wedding for B and Edo, Queen Elizabeth giggling on Zoom, Captain Tom Moore's public knighting ceremony. We're discussing all of that and more in this week's episode of the Pod. But that's not all. We're also joined by royal etiquette queen and friend of the pod, Micah Meyer, who will be chatting about B and Edo's wedding and how COVID-19 caused a shift in royal wedding protocol unlike any other for them. Yes. And And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. We are sipping this morning, but it's iced coffee. I had to switch to iced coffee at the last minute. (laughs) I I made myself a mimosa, but well, actually, sorry. I attempted a mimosa. We didn't have orange juice, so I'm just drinking a little bit of bubbles. Um, Yeah, nothing crazy, but it is 10 a.m. Like we said, we had to re uh, change the record time so it's bright and early but cheers Roberta cheers yeah so we changed it because we wanted to see Prince George's birthday pics and today is Prince George's birthday on the day we're recording so we have to say happy birthday yeah, we'll get into that birthday, in George. just yeah in just a bit but there is a lovely thread in the Facebook group of Royally Obsessed that piqued our interest this week so Chasen I hope I'm saying that right asks Hey, Roros, I don't want to make any assumptions, but I feel safe in believing that I'm not the only person in this group that has bought an item of clothing or accessory because either Kate or Megan or even Pippa have been spotted wearing it. Since being in lockdown, Chasen admits that she has bought Megan's Madewell denim jacket, her Madewell Panama hat, and her brother Veli's Warachis. Warachis? Shoes. She then asked the group, what replicate or repli Megan or repli Pippa item have you purchased? <laughs> Bowie and I went down a rabbit hole because we, like, I came up with so many that I have been influenced by the royals. I know. Well, I also, I just love these thought starters, first of all. But also there were, I mean, clearly everyone, there were 128 comments on this thread. So it really. You guys love yes, the. Yes. So uh, we're not alone. But okay. Yeah. So Roberta, what what have you purchased or even. Okay. Yeah. So, 
So I purchased uh, Rothy Flats because mm. Megan wore them in Australia. We were, Love. Bowie and I are both big fans of Rothy. Yes. Um, They're was, so comfortable. We, I they mean, are. She, they really she are. Knows. And I love that you can throw them in the washing machine, which yes, I do that, constantly. That is a really good detail about them. It's great. And then I also bought Kate Middleton's Ray-Bans, the Wayfair 2 Classics, which mm. she wore at Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. Um, I was heavily influenced by Kate Middleton wearing them, but also Elizabeth Holmes, who posted a lot about them. And I was like, all right, got to get them. Um, and then Meghan Markle's Tinted Moisturizer by Laura Mercier. <laughs> and the Revitalash Advanced Eyelash Conditioning Serum, which I don't wear mascara anymore. What? I haven't worn it. Yeah, like I haven't worn it since Even March. through Zoom, I can see your beautiful lashes. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. <laughs> I love that you've gone kind of like the beauty angle too, like a beauty products versus all only clothes. Because of the TIG, Megan was so like forthcoming about the products she mm-hmm. uses. And so people know a lot about what... And she just has such beautiful, like, always looks so put together and so lovely. So I was like, okay, got it. And I love that the moisturizer really is perfect for summer because it has SPF. I could go on and on. (laughs) I feel like this should be a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, no, no. That's amazing. Um, (laughs) What about you? Well, so I I feel like my big thing was like I when I was pregnant with my son, I bought a lot of Kate's – like the Seraphine maternity fashion that she was wearing and and appearing in. Um, But my most recent happened right before lockdown when Meghan and Harry were on their final tour as senior royals in the UK. It was a solo event. She went out to the immersive storytelling studio in London – Megan did, and she was wearing this white top shop shirt with puffy sleeves. I and love that. I one. became, I think it was probably anxiety induced because I knew what was coming. Like everything was kind of, you know, bubbling up with, are we going to be working from home? Like I was stressed. And yeah. I, so I did some, some stressful shop, stressed out shopping, retail therapy. Retail therapy. And um, I, I hunted down this shirt, but it wasn't available in the US. So I found the size I wanted in the UK, but the, but Topshop in the UK only ships to UK addresses. So I ended up contacting my husband's friend who lives in the UK and asking him, I have a min, a very small relationship with him. I met him like one time. And I was like, do you mind if I ship this Topshop shirt to your house in the UK and you will then send it to me in the US? But then COVID, it, he said yes. Like it, he agreed to it. Wow. He got back to us. I got his address. That's and a then, good friend right there. Then, but what happened was then I sent it to, he got it and he was going to send it to me, but then he actually got COVID. He's fine. But so I delayed. Oh, and no. But I ne- it, it, I think it was just in the last few weeks. I finally have the shirt and it's super cute. So <laughs> Wait, it took that long? It took all of like- and this was from March. Well, because I was oh, like, oh my God, you have COVID. Don't worry about it. Like, don't send it my way. Like, just take care of yourself. My Meghan Markle shirt is not important. <laughs> and I finally got it. And like, of course, now I have it. And I have, I definitely don't have a beautiful like theater, you know, night out to wear it Place to. Place to wear it to. Yeah. But I hope you like the shirt. I, 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 do, mean, it's I do like it. I do like it. It's very pretty. A little too past the return policy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> exactly. so funny. But I really liked this thread, you guys. I think it's so fun. It is really fun. This week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. So as we mentioned, happy birthday, Prince George. Happy birthday. You are the reason that we waited till the next day to record because we had to get these beautiful birthday images that were obviously taken by Kate, who is the family photographer now. Um, but he turned seven today on July 22nd, the day I we're recording. Yeah. I cannot believe he's seven years old. It's wild. I know. I've loved all the photo tributes that have sort of the progression, you know, from his first year to yes. seven, just seeing the side by sides. He's 
so grown up. And I think, you know, just a spitting image of Kate, but also James Middleton. Yes. Yeah. We'll get into yeah, it. Yeah. We'll talk about the pics in a little bit. Let's flash back. Let's to, throw it uh, back. Uh, on so, this day, seven so years ago. Prince George Alexander Louis of Cambridge was born on July 22nd, 2013 at St. Mary's Hospital in London at 424 p.m. The eventual monarch who current who's currently third in line to the throne after Prince Charles and Prince William weighed in at eight pounds and six ounces. Following an official news bulletin, the announcement was posted outside Buckingham Palace on a golden easel per tradition. And I thought this was interesting. As a reminder, Kate and William actually didn't join Instagram until 2015. So George preempted all of that. And even even though they were on Instagram, the, they announced Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis' births on Twitter. So they ended up not using Instagram, but I thought that context was interesting. That is interesting because it feels like five years ago is not that long ago. I know. They've been on Instagram. Um, Kate Middleton waited four hours to announce his arrival, which I really liked. Um, Apparently taking that time to savor a bit of time with her new son, as she should. I mean, I feel like before the whole world knows and it becomes a media frenzy. Then, unlike Diana and Charles, who took a week to decide on a name for Prince William, two days later, Kate and William declared George's name. Um, if and when Prince George of Cambridge ascends to the throne, he'll be known as King George the Seventh. Wow. And I thought this was also interesting. George was number one in Britain's betting shop, so no surprise there when his name was announced. And William's re- friends revealed at the time that the name spoke to his affection for Queen Elizabeth by nodding to her dad. That's really sweet. Yeah, yeah. Queen Elizabeth is. I feel like so, so close to her dad. So that was such a nice call out. Yeah. And we recently had a wonderful, you know, when Kate did the podcast um, with Happy Mom, Happy Baby, we had a great clip and of her experience that day. So we're going to play that for you. How many um, hours after giving birth did you come out? I, oh my gosh, I can't remember. Everything just because it goes in a bit of a, bit of a blur. Yeah. I think I stayed in, yeah, I did stay in hospital overnight. I remember it's hot as one of the hottest days of the night with huge thunderstorms, so I didn't get a huge amount of sleep. Um, but George did, which was really great. But I was keen to get home, home because for me, for for me being in hospital, I had all the memories of being in hospital because of being sick. So mm-hmm. it wasn't sort of the place I wanted to hang out, <laughs> hang around. And um, so I was really desperate to get home and get back to normality. But I think you think, particularly your firstborn baby, you think everything's going to go back to worlds and I totally underestimated the impact and the change it had on our lives from that moment really and I think unless you've got children you don't realize no amount of planning and preparation can Mm -hmm. get you ready for that moment I mean I love the perspective I did when I was researching this it was apparently the hottest day in like seven years in in the UK. It was topping out in the in wow. the low nineties. So for everyone that was outside waiting for the announcement, they I, the New York Times reported that a lot of people described it as themselves going through labor. <laughs> just waiting. I was like, just not absolutely quite. sweating, but just on sweating, the side. and like, and they waiting. were there for a long time. Yeah, because she went in early. The news broke that she was admitted early that Monday morning. So people, and then it wasn't the delivery wasn't until late afternoon. So people were really out there for hours and hours and hours, and outside wow. Buckingham Palace too, waiting for that easel to be set out. And crazy. And we have to talk about William with the car seat because that was expert level when he popped that car seat into the back. Yes. I I feel like it's one of my favorite clips, you know, and because it's such a stress. And the fact that, you know, we've talked about on the pod before that, you know, Princess Diana and Charles didn't 
need a car seat. It wasn't required at the time. Right. And they just got in the back. So when William, he, I mean, someone had already installed the base. So he was just clicking it into the, into the actual base. But he of, clearly practiced. He clearly practiced. But then in the clips that you see from that day, I forgot that he, he goes, he kind of goes, whew. Like he's like, yeah. Wipes the sweat off his brow. He has like a definite. <laughs> Almost like a moment. thumbs up to the people. Like I did it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all you had to do. Yeah. No, I love that. But I, I still feel like the most vivid memory I have is just Kate's uh, blue and white polka dot dress. I feel like mm-hmm. when she stepped out and then all the scuttlebutt, like the media kind of freaked out about her postpartum belly. That was a big deal when she still had that. I feel like I loved this or not. I don't know if I loved it, but this quote from the Daily Beast said, this thoroughly modern royal was apparently determined to lend a helping hand to women everywhere who have just given birth and shatter one of the last taboos of pregnancy, the post baby belly. It's so weird that it was a I feel like a taboo, though. I yeah. I feel like Meghan Markle really embraced that with Archie, and yeah. you know, she wore a belted trench dress. Like it wasn't like trying to hide anything. I know, but it is interesting. Kate kind of paved the way. Well, yeah, because I think in just looking back, you know, Diana, for example, when she came out with William and then Harry, it was big tent dresses. Like they really, mm-hmm. she really covered it up. So Kate making that statement, but the yeah, I remember the media kind of kind of blew up about yeah. it, but. We have to talk about the new pics, though. Yes. Prince George. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so one of my favorite things about uh, one of the pictures is that his button on his polo, which is $10 from Mango, um, is broken in half. So he's clearly just been having a wild and fun summer, it yeah. seems like, you know, just being being a seven-year-old. I know. It kind of just looked like, I mean, it really, more so than any of the other picks, it really looked like this was just snapped on the fly. <laughs> yeah. And, and the uh, military call out with the camo, a lot of people have been talking about that, how he's kind of, I mean, he one day will be in charge of the regiment. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's kind of a, a call out to that as well. Um, yeah. He's just getting so big. He's getting so big and he just has like you know, the best grin. And and he also, just like his parents, to me, looked very tan. Yes, very tan. Su- can we call it the summer of George? I, I mean, is that <laughs> little Seinfeld nod? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, he it. looks like he's having a good quarantine summer. It's, I mean, that's not to make light of it by any means, but I think making the best of the circumstances. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I also love that in pictures from Father's Day, he is wearing what looks to be the same outfit, but this was taken, they said, earlier this month, so earlier in July. And those were taken in June, obviously, for Father's Day and Prince William's birthday. So um, just that he, like, has a few shirts and he wears them all the time. You know, like, that's so me right now. I have, like... (laughs) Oh, Three outfits that Bowie has seen me in every time we record. Yeah. Um, it is all of us like quarantine. You know, I, I packed up from my New York City apartment, took a few things and didn't think I'd be gone for, you know, four plus months. Here we are. So yeah. I've been wearing the same exact T-shirts every day. I know. So what did George when they went to Anmer Hall like bring from his royal closet in? In, in, from uh, London, yeah, yeah from it's, London. It's like he packed up a few shirts and that was it. And so the button's broken, but he's still wearing it. Kate's like, you're good. <laughs> yeah. I, and we mentioned this earlier, but the James Middleton resemblance, if you look at younger pictures of James, there's only a few that I could find. I did like a deep dive on Google Images. Um, but it's, I mean, it's something about the eyebrows and the smile. He obviously resembles his dad, Prince William, and his uncle, Prince Harry, but I really think that he he has a lot of uh, Middleton in him, it yeah, looks like. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Okay, so what's your favorite Prince George moment from over the last seven years? Just seems like okay, we gotta so go there. <laughs> I know, we have to, we have to. So there's been so, so many. I think I have to say 
George's obsession with helicopters is oh. really some of the best, most amazing photo moments have come from. Well, George him. is a mood always. Always. Oh, always. He like fangirls over helicopters. And then like when he had the little sound protective um, headphones on and he squished his nose against the window of a plane. He's just like any kind of aircraft. I love (laughs) George around aircrafts. And then also him peering into the pram at Charlotte's christening was one of my all time favorite moments, which we talked about on the pod before. But how sweet that was, how he, you know, his first sibling his little sister was yeah. so cute it was yeah totally I feel what like for me I would just say like one of the ones that jumps out is when he met Obama I just love oh, that little bathroom because so he looks like such a dig like a dignitary even at the age of you know I think he was only four <laughs> or five bathroom. at the time yeah and I will say speaking of things that you buy um I have that outfit for that um bathrobe for Finn <laughs> Stop. It's you have to and the best the picture. thing that is my greatest parenting joy is that um he will only wear that robe. He won't accept a towel when he gets out of the bath, Finn. He will he's like robe. He says it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Oh By the God. way, it's from my first years. I feel like I need to shout out to that brand because yes, I love and it. And his little slippers. Everything about that photo is just so, so amazing. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, George. Yes, happy birthday, George. So let's jump right into the news this week. So Princess Beatrice's secret wedding Ugh. out of nowhere this weekend was just started out on such, such a high note. So we'll go through it. And then Micah Meyer, friend of the pod, joins us later. But first, we're going to go through all the details for you guys. Um, so the secret wedding of Beatrice and Edo took place on Friday, July 17th, which is the same day as Camilla's birthday. They'll never forget their wedding date. Um, the original wedding date was May 29th, 2020, but obviously delayed because of COVID. It took place at the Royal Chapel of All Saints at Royal Lodge, where they've been staying. And reportedly, Prince Andrew walked his daughter from the door of the Royal Lodge to the front entrance of the chapel. So Prince Andrew controversy aside, he was there. He, him and Sarah Ferguson were there, um, as well as just a few other people. There were only 20 people in attendance, close family and friends. Um, the Queen left the ceremony early to attend the knighting of Captain Tom Moore, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but the dress, Bowie, everything about the dress. I mean, we talked about favorite wedding dresses last week, and I said Kate Middleton, but I feel like Bees is making me want to change my opinion. I just love the – I guess I'm into puff sleeves based on the Meghan Markle shirt I mentioned I bought. But, like, I just thought it was so – uh, feminine and delicate and beautiful. Yeah. And I love, I kind of love the messages it sends, like picking a vintage dress is sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of, it shows a lot of solidarity with the queen to borrow one of her dresses. I think her grandmother letting her borrow that dress and the tiara, which we'll talk about Queen Mary fringe tiara. I did like the detail that they added the, it seemed like they extended the bottom. I know Elizabeth Holmes talked about, um, potentially that being because of it being dirty from when the queen wore the dress, but also potentially a height difference. There's a lot of kind of reasoning for why they could have extended the length, but I liked the modifications they made to the dress. I think that they said that they're both 5'4". Yeah. Supposedly, though, the queen doesn't... I mean, I'm 5'4". I feel like the queen's shorter, but maybe not. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it was a vintage gown by Norman Hartnell, um, which the 
queen had worn on at least three occasions before a state dinner in Rome, which could possibly be a shout out to Edo's Italian side, Ooh, which I like. The premiere of Lawrence of Arabia and the 1966 state opening of Parliament. So the queen's beloved dressmaker, Angela Kelly, and designer Stuart Parvin added the puff organza sleeves and tailored the dress to fit Beatrice. They added that deeper hem that you mentioned. It was called Ivory Duchess Satin, which I loved the name of that fabric. Um, and it, and like I said, it shows a strong support of the most important member of the royal family after a pretty bumpy year, let's just say, for yeah. um, Beatrice's family. So she chose the Queen Mary fringe tiara, um, which Queen Elizabeth wore on her wedding day and also Princess Anne wore it on her wedding day. Um, and it was fashioned from a necklace given to Queen Elizabeth's grandmother, Queen Mary, by Queen Victoria. So. I think that's so interesting that you can flip it over and wear it as a necklace. Yeah. I thought wild. that's really cool. Well, and so that's what makes it so delicate. So it's they actually, they um, I read that it snapped on the Queen's wedding day when she wore it and they had it hastily repaired. So in pictures, you can still see the offset diamond fringe on the front where it's kind of not perfectly repaired. They rushed it over to Gerard. And then they later had it correctly repaired. Can you imagine the stress that Queen Elizabeth felt when it snapped? I saw that it was like the actual person that was affixing the veil to it snapped it. So she was just getting her final touches on and it broke. I mean, thank God you're the queen and you can have those people at your beck and call to fix it. But man, wedding stress. On your wedding day. Yeah. I feel like she's totally calm in every high. high, She's like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. High stress (laughs) situations. Um, But there there was no other wedding jewelry, which I really liked. It kind of all, you know, the the tiara really was the focal point. And I think that was a smart choice considering anything else would have just pulled too much attention away from it or it would have been too much. Um, Her hair was down, which a lot of people thought was not the best choice. I loved it. I thought she looked, we, we there was a lot of comparison pictures to um, the little mermaid. <laughs> I could see that That's... with the red hair. With yeah. The red with hair. the red hair. Um, and then we have to talk about the flowers, which are so gorgeous. So her bouquet included sprigs of myrtle, which is a Royal tradition. Um, there was also trailing Jasmine, pale pink and cream, sweet peas, all beautiful pink, light pink, white flowers. Um, and that, that, Picture of them coming out of the chapel where the doorway is covered. It's just. It's like a fairy tale. I just. It really is. But like a. Is it correct to say like a Grimm's. Like a Grimm's fairy tale? Or like, you know, just kind of those old storybooks. And yeah. Now- the the antique kind of fairy tale. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. So some royal eagle-eyed fans noticed some red flowers at the very bottom of the archway and thought that was like a special call out. That was actually the florist said that was just part of the actual floor flower beds surrounding the chapel. So there already was beautiful flowers around the chapel. They added in the archway, obviously. Um, but it may have been because of a secret garden theme. That's kind of like what you referenced, that kind of old time fairy tale. Um, and I love secret garden because it, it was a secret wedding. Oh, I like that. I definitely like that. <laughs> I think that it was, yeah, I, I loved the floral display. I also just feel like getting to know more about that particular chapel that the Queen Mother worshipped there and yeah. that it was, you know, just really um, a place that, that Queen Elizabeth goes for private worship. I think that all of those details made it just that much more intimate. And perfect for a 20-person wedding, a yeah. micro-wedding as they're calling it. So supposedly there were glamping pods on the grounds of Windsor for guests um, and a giant blue and white tent for the reception. There was also um, no hymns sung in the chapel per government guidelines, but they did play some music and the national anthem was played but not sung. Edo's son Wolfie was best 
best man, and he's the youngest best man at a royal wedding at four years old, which everyone says is his age. In different places, say he's two, he's five. No, he's four years old. We got confirmation from an insider. Um, Edo's niece and nephew were also in the wedding party, and there were so many royal tributes to be. But my favorite one was from her sister, Princess Eugenie. She posted a pun. She said, "Couldn't be happier." Get it? That was sweet. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> yeah, with a little with a little bee emoji. And then Edo posted three portraits with a poem by E.E. E. Cummings. I carry your heart. I carry it in I my heart. I love which was that really, poem. Yeah, really sweet. And it's supposed they read that during the ceremony and then Fergie also read a poem by Shakespeare and they had the classic uh, wedding reading the first letter to Corinthians from St. Paul I loved I keep referencing Elizabeth Holmes but um, that Beatrice's full name is Beatrice Elizabeth Mary so Beatrice was wearing the Queen Mary fringe tiara on loan from Queen Elizabeth I love just the thought and you know attention to detail that goes into what they wear definitely and the three names it's just it it it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. What a special, delightful surprise going into the weekend. And I'm so happy that we were able to welcome Micah Meyer to get additional information and intel about the special day. Yeah. So welcome, Micah. She's the best-selling author of Modern Etiquette Made Easy and the founder of Beaumont Etiquette and a friend, a dear, dear friend of Royally Obsessed. So thanks so much for joining us, Micah. Thank you so much. You're my favorite people to join. So thank you. <laughs> we say this all the time, but soon we will be sipping champagne at the plaza in person. We are Ugh. counting the days. Yes, it's supposed to open in September. So crossing fingers and toes, everything's looking good, but I cannot wait to That's get back. That's so exciting. Oh my um, gosh. Under those chandeliers. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, we wanted to pick your brain because what a treat last week, a surprise royal wedding. That was, I mean, <laughs> the best way to end the week and go into the into the weekend. We know because you're the godmother of Princess Beatrice's stepson, we know you can't reveal any insider secrets. So we wanted to start with the dress. What did you think? Yes. You know, I thought I, mean, I thought she just looked a million bucks. I thought it was such a sweet tribute to her grandmother. I thought it was so clever. And, you know, in a time where people all around the world are struggling immensely, you know, she didn't come out with some, you know, gown that was so over the top that she had privately made she it was just shows the modest side it shows the humble side um and I just thought it was such a brilliant way to recycle a gorgeous gown and then make it modern she really modernized it so I really loved it um I just thought she looked beautiful and elegant and it was a perfect summer dress and I think it people people recognized it when it when it you know first when the images came out totally. everybody's like that looks really familiar and then finally people you know kind of put two and two together but I thought it was really clever as well so yeah yeah I love the modern touches like the, yeah like the puff sleeves but also that tiara I just think I mean <sighs> what a showstopper and what a showstopper and also I think you know the fact that it was the queen's on her wedding day. And then it was Anne's, the queen's daughter. And then it was Beatrice's. And I thought, I mean, I think that kind of says everything about their relationship and how close they are because not just anyone would ever be loaned that tiara. And, you know, it was so, it was so exciting to see Beatrice because you remember it's, it's, you, you, only would ever see a royal um, once they're married wear a tiara. So, so you know, we think of princesses wearing tiaras running around castles, which is so not the, the case. <laughs> um, but, you know, so it was such a moment to see her in that tiara because that meant she was officially 
a married lady and and which is so exciting to to see of her it really was and and speaking of the queen so i feel like bowie and i were texting all weekend about this wedding like freaking out all the pictures that came out um but i was i was honestly surprised to see the queen and prince philip there they were socially distanced in the picture just like her flexibility when it comes to protocol i feel like she just i don't know it was so wonderful to see them together do you know i think this is a perfect example of how you know, how flexible and how modern the queen really is. You know, people kind of think of her as, um, you know, she is the oldest living monarch of the family. She she is, you know, she's somebody that we think of as very traditional and very, but she's, she's so much more modern, I think, than people think. And she is so good at changing with the times. And it's a perfect example. I think this wedding would not have taken a place without them. That's, you know, knowing how close they are to to the couple, um, especially Beatrice. I think it's just something that it was probably the number one thing to make sure of it. You know, and, and the Queen's schedule is planned sometimes, you know, years ahead. Right. And so this would have been something that once they made that decision, when the May nuptials were no longer happening because of COVID, um, I believe that would have been the first diary that would have been checked. Yeah, because she had she went right up um, into the Tom Moore nighting ceremony. It's definitely a very packed schedule for her, even in lockdown. (laughs) Oh, yes. Everything with the Queen's schedule is so pre-planned. So it's almost like squeezing in when and where you you can sometimes. So I believe that this is a very special day. And it was so sweet to see the Queen kind of just announce, you know, my granddaughter got married today. It was such (laughs) a cute moment that any of our grandmothers would probably say just like the way the casualness that she said it and it just shows that um you know how close they truly are and I really liked the attention to like the government projected measures of social distancing I don't know Roberta and I've talked a lot about our personal stress over you know making sure (laughs) that they are protecting yeah Yeah, mask checks and like making sure that they keep that distance and um obviously because we care about their well-being and we you know so it was great to see in that official wedding photo that they were properly distanced Exactly. And you know, it's interesting because the queen, she sets the standard and she kind of sets the tone for the nation. So I think that was a really poignant photo that was released in a very, you know, if the queen's doing this with, you know, one of the people that she loves the most in the world, her granddaughter on her biggest day, arguably of her life, um, I think it just shows that the queen's setting that tone for the rest of the public and the nation and even the world to follow. It was a, it was a very poignant picture. I think that there was a lot of intention by releasing that, you know, that photo. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say were the most major shifts in protocol that were, you know, I feel like one of the things that I've, you know, they didn't kiss when they came out. Were there any other things that you noticed as being particularly notable? Um, You know, a lot of it was more tradition and less protocol. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of the protocol per se happens in the chapel. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that would have, that will always be kept private. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it was a lot of the traditions, like the ring not being made with Welsh gold instead of being made with platinum. And um, she did, she did follow a lot of tradition being, you know, the myrtle and the bouquet and, you know, which was started with uh, Queen Victoria and a lot of those beautiful tributes to her family. Um, But in terms of protocol, I think weddings during COVID, it just shows, 
you know, the royal family really is just like everyone else. There's no exception to this rule. There, there wasn't um, a massive ceremony. It wasn't some huge church filled with people. It was really just like everyone else. It's a micro wedding. Um, and I think there was not that much protocol. I mean, there really couldn't have been too much protocol um, that possibly could have been broken because this is the first time something like this is taking place. So the protocol is really being set now. Mm-hmm. And keeping the guest list small, it just adheres to the government restriction, which is in the UK 30 or less, right? I'm not sure what it is in the UK in terms of numbers, um, but it's, you know, it was just a very, they stuck to everything. Even the ceremony following um, was was very, very small and intimate. So they really did stick to the rules. And just because she's a princess does not mean she gets to break those rules mm-hmm. and just shows how fair and how, you know, humble the the family really is. Um, at the end of the day. And I think it was it was so um, meaningful, like we mentioned before, for the queen, just because the next grandchild, I think, is 16. So, I mean, it might be a while before the next royal wedding. This was such a significant yes. royal wedding for the queen. It might be her and Prince Philip's last. I mean, I hate to say that. Um, long live the queen. But, you know, it's just I feel like yeah. her being there was was such a stamp of approval for um, for the royal family. I, you know, I agree. And I think having Philip there in particular, he, he has, you know, known to been known to have health issues in recent years. And I, I just think that was such a wonderful thing. A lot of people question, would he be there? Would he make it? Would he expose himself right. to a potentially even 20 people in a room? Um, and I just think it just shows just like other grandparents, they wouldn't have missed it for the world. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I love it. And I love seeing them there. And they look so happy. They look so happy. Yeah. So that was actually happy. the Isn't most sweet? wonderful yeah. part of those photos. But yeah, everything so about lovely. it was so like a fairy tale. It was. It really, truly was. And I, I'm so happy uh, that the day went as perfectly as it did. We wanted to end with a fun question um, that Roberta okay. and I are constantly, um, do you have a favorite royal wedding? <laughs> now that we have seen, I mean, I feel like oh. we were talking about favorite wedding, royal wedding yes. dresses last week. It's a tough, it's tough. I mean, I still, I still love Kate and Wills. I just love that <laughs> wedding. That wedding was just, because it was, it was really the first grand royal wedding for so long and it was the future king. And it was that moment of him really for the first time, um, or, you know, one of the first times in, in history seeing, a, you know, a future monarch marrying the quote unquote, you know, everyday middle-class Commoner, girl. Yeah. Um, it was right. It was, it was like that moment of what? It's like yeah. even Diana, Princess Diana wasn't just a middle-class girl. Um, she already came from a family of nobility. So I just think that was every, you know, that was just such a fairy tale for so many people yeah. and to watch, Catherine living it and then also see them and it was just perfect it was just perfect oh, so lovely totally agree Micah we love talking with you thank yes. you so much for coming by the podcast and and you know chatting all about the wedding we're, we're oh counting down the days till we're at the plaza with you yeah. <laughs> me too and I think the next podcast we need to revisit the last to to see how many of our royal predictions have come true this year because if you remember yes, we remember <laughs> yes some of our predictions have already come true one of them was that Beatrice would be married this year um after so everybody true. said no so I'm so yes. excited so I know you are like it. delivering there and also there's that we, we were talking about you on a recent episode because there's rumors about Megan making a red carpet ex- appearance. They're trying to get them yes. to go to the James, James Bond, Bond premiere. Yeah. Whether that happens or not, we're like, our fingers are crossed. 
I know. If you only knew what I know, I mean, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting we thing. We wish um, we did. But uh, <laughs> yes, but it should be a very exciting year still yes. uh, to come. Can't COVID wait. won't stop us. No, no it will not. No. It will not. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Thank you so much, Micah. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, Roberta, that was great. I love hearing from Micah always. I hope same. she comes back often. I cannot wait to see her in person again. I know. Same. Okay, moving on. We're going to kind of speed through this. There was a lot of Queen and Prince Philip news. Uh, so first, we have to talk about Queen Elizabeth's public ceremony tonight, Captain Tom Moore at Windsor Castle. I love that special care was taken to not overshadow that event by B and Edo. They didn't release the photos until the next day. I thought that was incredibly thoughtful and very royal. That's how, you know, everything is so calculated, as Micah mentioned. Um so yes, all investitures were put on hold due to COVID, but the palace made an exception for a hundred-year-old Tom who raised a staggering wow. thirty-seven million dollars. I actually thought that was a typo. I was like, <laughs> I checked a few articles because I was like, wait, no, that's. I mean, I can't believe it ended up being that much money for healthcare Unreal. workers. Unreal. Unreal. As a reminder, he pledged to walk a hundred laps around his garden in order to just raise a thousand pounds for the NHS. So his goal was so small—not small. I mean, it's significant no matter what. But right. to, to but know that. He- <laughs> What really it turned out to be. It, yeah. <laughs> um, but I love that Chris Jackson described the event to Town and Country saying it was an incredibly hot day, which is rough for anyone, but especially, you know, someone at 100 years old, that's, yeah. that's a, a, an extra, you know, variable to deal with. Um, and Roberta, the queen just looked so radiant. I just love, I, I, she's smiling. She's beaming. She's absolutely beaming. She looks so happy. And Little did we know that it was because she had just attended a wedding, a royal wedding of her granddaughter, which was so sweet. But I think it's like, I think to have both of those events on the same day, too, I feel like it was so meaningful. And also, I think, you know, giving attention to the fact that they're coming out of lockdown. I think that it's a really big deal. It it must feel so empowering to be back out there. Yeah, definitely. And I think they are kind of you know, they're getting a lot done because the Queen and Prince Philip are heading to Balmoral, right? So they're kind of, their delayed vacation is now sort of happening. So it's almost like, all right, we got to get all these things done. Like, let's go. Um, I loved that Captain Tom Moore said, like, usually, I guess you kneel before the Queen when you get knighted. And he was like, if I kneel, I'm never getting back up. And (laughs) the Queen was laughing. And like, they're both just like, they look like such like old pals. And they practiced social distancing. It was still, you know, there was distance between them. And he also said she had such a light touch as she wielded the sword and, you know, on his her father's sword. She's an expert. Yeah, an expert expert at this. At that age, I mean... I loved the the images in the video. Um, and we also, the queen also hopped on Zoom. I mean, I feel like she is getting things done. She's like, you know what? I figured it all out. I'm going to just move and shake. I can do it all. She's um, a natural. She's really a natural at Zoom, which I'm like, wow, okay. If she can do it, like we all need to feel like we can master it because she just is looks like very, you know, waits a little bit of a pause for people to respond. Like she's just so... I, I just am very impressed. Yeah. Well, and as a reminder, she hopped on Zoom for a lengthy conversation, lengthier than she typically does, for with the chief of the defense staff and members of the armed forces. And she giggled. Like, I think we talk a lot about how we've gotten to know Kate and William and Harry and Megan and all of them so much better because we've been hearing from them a lot via Zoom. But getting to hear Queen Elizabeth have a lengthy conversation was awesome. Yes, it was. And to hear her like laugh and joke with these people and just like, you know, it's a very serious topic and and she does 
you know, have the gravity that goes with it, but also just to have like a lighthearted chat with, with people who are probably so eager to hear from her. I think it was really nice. Roberta, the thing you have to know about Roberta is she has the most unbelievable eagle eye. And so the first thing you noticed was <laughs> oh, the, the Zoom handle. So they didn't crop it out, which I'm really shocked by because I thought that was, I guess that's no longer a concern for hacking or whatever. But yeah, the Zoom handle on Queen Elizabeth's screen was at Windsor UK. So maybe it's not a privacy concern anymore. I don't know. I thought this was a big deal and like everyone had to be super careful about their Zoom handles and Zoom bombing. But Looks like it's no longer a concern since they're posting it on social media with the queens. Um, but yeah, I yeah. thought that was very interesting. And you could kind of get a glimpse of the room behind her. Um, there was two stately chests, the edge of a large painting. Her, She was wearing a patterned blue dress, pearl necklace, pearl earrings. But yeah, the laugh. The laugh. The laugh. Um, she clearly has a good sense of humor. Then we saw Prince Philip today. We saw him at 99 years old, passed the torch. He handed off his role as Colonel-in-Chief of the Rifles Regiment to Camilla, the Duchess of Cornwall, after 67 years of service. And I loved how they kind of made it a socially distanced ceremonial event where the first part with him took place at Windsor Castle, and then it he handed off to the Duchess, who, who was located at Highgrove. And wow. seeing those photos and the video, he is so happy and he walks on. I mean, he he walks on the stairs. He walks he out there. He has such great posture too. Okay, my one concern though is that he gets really close to some of them at one point, and in the pictures, he's like leaning in um, to some of the members of the regiment, and I'm like, hey, you're not wearing a mask. Like yeah. you're 99 <laughs> years old. I mean, he's in tip top shape. He's standing as one of the. I think it was like. One of the papers I read said, like, he's ramrod straight posture. Like, he has amazing military posture. He looks great at 99. I know. And now I'm like, (laughs) my shoulders are like hunched forward. Um, But why get close to the guys? Like, he's telling jokes. He's making them laugh. Like, it's so Prince Philip. I feel like he's just like a funny guy. But yeah, that was, that bothered me a little bit. I was like, okay, at least put a mask on him. Really? This isn't over yet. We're all still wearing masks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But yeah, lots of news from the Queen and Philip. And as you mentioned they are Balmoral bound next so I think that they're you know checking off all the boxes all the things they got to do so that then they can go and relax I kind of wonder if we'll start to not hear from them as much at least for the month of August but they're headed to Balmoral the idea is that their 22 person Windsor bubble staff will continue and become their Balmoral bubble staff um, the queen is also not expected to have any visitors unless they stay separately on the estate and they might dine together outdoors so I think that probably applies to her children and grandchildren maybe I'm not sure but um, I like that they're going to go take a vacation at their Scottish estate. Yes, yes. That'll be a welcome break for them, I'm sure, after all this busyness that they've been up to this past few weeks. Yeah. Um, and then our last story of the week, Prince Harry versus Republic. So anti-monarchy group Republic reported both Sussex Royal and the Royal Foundation for inappropriate use of money, specifically over $300,000 in funds to what Republic CEO Graham Smith calls a conflict of interest and a lack of independence. So this story is still kind of developing, but Republic, so reminder, anti anti-monarchy group says that Harry used the funds inappropriately when he transferred funds to Travelist, which is set up like a company but run as an ecotourism charitable initiative. And Harry's really been kind of gung-ho on uh, Travelist recently. Um, So the Sussex's legal team issued a statement back saying it is both defamatory and insulting to all the outstanding organizations and 
people he has partnered with. Travelist, which was founded within Sussex Royal, is a nonprofit organization for which the Duke receives no commercial or financial gain, as is the case with all of his charitable commitments. The Duke has not, nor has he ever, had any personal financial interest in his charitable work. Um, so they went on to detail what Travelist money is being used for. It's the ongoing development of projects that will support communities, wildlife, and the environment through sustainable travel and tourism. And then Travelist is also having a global virtual summit on July 30th, which was just announced. Um, I saw it first from Omid via Twitter. Omid always has the scoop, as we say. Um, so he's Harry will have a global summit. I'm kind of picturing it similar to the Girl Up Summit. Like mm -hmm. just, you know, I agree. He, he zooms in through a video, whatever, and discusses um, he'll discuss the recovery of the travel and tourism industry post COVID. Um, and I'm excited to see Harry very soon. But this is kind of a crazy like chain of events that happened all because this guy um graham smith i think is his name pointed out that there might be some you know misuse of funds or whatever um yeah it all feels very murky it feels like and i i also disagree with like i think like you you know you said anti-monarchy group their whole point is to stir up trouble i feel like harry is nothing but charitable in my opinion and meg i just i don't know i feel yeah i know that it's fine print here but it seems like a pot stirrer totally and the timing too it's like they're piggybacking off of um prince andrew just got a slap on the wrist from the charity commission about misuse of funds and so i think like maybe they're thinking oh let's like piggyback off that um you know the charity commission said that there has been no evidence of wrongdoing so far but they are going to you know just do their due diligence but i think um you know their point might not be to specifically attack Harry and William. I mean, I know that's what they're doing, but it just could be to cause more transparency and awareness. Um, but the way they went about it is just, you know, Harry's team statement called it a shared and attacking agenda through an avenue that was publicly and salaciously created for media attention because it was posted on social media everywhere. Um, the headlines were not that great. It sounds like, you know, Prince Harry's accused of misusing funds. That looks horrible, you know, so... Um. Yeah, the brothers are on the same side of the fight, though. I guess that's yeah. I feel thing. like that's a good thing. I think that I, yeah. I mean, I think Omen even said there's no story here. This is all just you know, like like we talked about them trying to stir up trouble. But your favorite word, scuttlebutt, scuttlebutt. It's all just, it's scuttlebutt. All just scuttlebutt. Um, but ugh, you know, poor Harry stirring the pot. Stirring yeah, that's pot. that's exactly what it is. Um, so before we adjourn the royal pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. So my low is about the Westminster birthday bells. <laughs> Another stirring the pot. People really love to stir the pot. <laughs> Click they really do. Yeah, clickbaity headlines. So Richard Eden of the Daily Mail posted that the royal tradition of ringing the bells at Westminster Abbey to mark certain royals' birthdays wouldn't happen for Meghan Markle's birthday. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Like, <gasps> they're Ugh. not doing it for People Meghan. really just want to stir the pot. That really is the theme. It's I know. It's it's not great. And so everyone thinks there's controversy, which there's, there's not. Really so not. royal correspondent Victoria Arbiter fired back and said, Westminster Abbey is a royal peculiar. So the bells are rung for the birthdays of the Queen and Prince Philip, their children, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and their children. The story about M's birthday is a gratuitous scandal and it has no merit. She tweeted that. And then a spokesman for the Abbey kind of backed her up, explained that the bells are usually rung for 
for senior members of the royal family, plus the line of succession, so the Cambridges and their kids. The bells wouldn't ring on Harry's birthday either, which is September 15th, and they're actually suspended until August anyway due to COVID, so they won't ring for Prince George's birthday today either. Oh. Um, the next time they'll ring, I know. It's like, really, guys? Yeah, fact really? check. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next time they'll ring is for Princess Anne's birthday on August 14th. Um, I just think, you know, they're on vacation. The bells are taking a break, but also know the protocol. Right. Right. Exactly. So that was good because I learned something from that. Yeah, I did too. I feel like that was a really good, good low. Um, But it's a low. So (laughs) yeah, no, no, no. But it is still a low. My low is just the continuing court battle between the Sussexes and the mail on Sunday. Megan's attorneys had to answer a fourth request for clarification and additional information from the UK tabloid. And the Sussexes are basically asserting that it's a fishing expedition and a way to get more relevant info that doesn't apply to the case, but gives the mail on Sunday a chance to generate headlines. And it's also dragging the process out even further. Uh, so the latest request for information had Megan laying out exactly how she helped her father financially and exactly how, who paid for her education. And apparently it was a combination of her mom, her dad, scholarships that Megan earned and a work study program. But it's just like, ugh, I don't even know when this will go to trial because it's just like they keep asking for more information. It's just really They keep gross. asking for more information because I feel like they can write exclusive stories about it. And yeah. that's just really troubling because that's not. Yeah, because it all gets reported. It's legal documents. So it's, you know, all of this, like I'm, you know, we're even sharing it here. So it's like it just keeps becoming more and more of a story about Megan and the details of her family relationships. And I feel like it's just enough. That's my love. Yeah. Um, but my high this week is that Prince William and Kate Middleton are getting creative on social media. So uh, everyone probably saw that carousel with the fancy editing, the photo editing, where there's like a, car- a photo carousel on Instagram, but you swipe and the photo continues on to the next slide. And there's like a photo in a photo. They did a lot with it's very um, influencer. It is. And Instagram stories, is, well, they obviously influence. Obviously, us they're to buy influencers. A lot of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but they've been doing a lot on Instagram stories as well. Even Clarence House has been using new fonts, coordinating color backgrounds, tease all their royal engagements. Um, they're on a three-day royal tour right now of Cornwall, so they've been doing a lot with that. Um, and I just thought this was so crazy. So it's really paying off. They're almost to 12 million followers. But in November 2017, the audience was just under 2.27 million. What? Crazy. <laughs> they are up to 12 million. So not even three years ago, they were under 3 million. They It's it's absolutely wild. So it seems like I mean, all Shout out doing, to their new social media director right. that they yeah. you know, plucked from Harry and Meghan's team, you know? Yeah. And, and Kate taking, you know, the photos of the kids and then releasing them on social media first. I think it really makes for a, this huge audience. And and they've really kind of used social media to their advantage. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then Sussex Royal, before they went defunct, had 11.3 million just for context. So, Kensington Royal really stepping up their game. Stepping up their game. Oh, my high of the week is the reports that Doria Raglan is living with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and helping them take care of Archie during this time. I feel like it's a rumor. It's not 100% confirmed, but I think in some form or another, she's definitely participating and really lending a hand. And I just, I love that, especially now that I've moved in with my parents yeah. to get childcare. I feel very uh, one with the Sussexes. And, you know, the, it's, the reports say that she's helping make baby food and reading to Archie all the time. And I just hope that she's reading Duck Rabbit a zillion times over because I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I bought that also for Finn. I clearly am just like he's living a royal life. I'm trying to do all that stuff. Um, And we it is his favorite book now. We read it five or six times a day. He loves it. And I think that Megan made a wonderful choice. So I hope Doria is reading that to Archie. 
often. Yeah, we mentioned this before the granny annex, but it seems like this is actually like she's really living with them. She's fully, you know, moved in to help. And so I think that's so lovely to picture them all together. Um, And just so nice to just have her mom close by. Yeah. So just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Here's a real review from Catsmom03. Good job, ladies. It sounds to me like you two are definitely royally obsessed. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) an understatement. Me too. Since before Diana and Charles got married. Best wishes for more great podcasts. New episode about Diana Broadway show was excellent. Thanks, Brenda. Oh, thank you so much. We loved William. Yeah. Yeah. That was so much fun talking about the show. Oh, it makes me want to be back to Broadway shows so bad. So remember to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. You can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week, God, God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.